Welcome to the Parenting with Impact podcast with your hosts, Elaine Taylor-Klaus and Diane Dempster, co-creators of ImpactParents.com, an online community, award-winning blog, and service organization, helping parents all over the world to raise complex kids become capable, independent adults. Elaine and Diane are certified coaches with personal experience raising children with challenges such as ADHD, anxiety, and more, and extensive experience in guiding parents to raise their complex kids with confidence and calm. On the podcast, Elaine and Diane interview experts, bringing you cutting-edge information about your child's challenges, teach you real-life strategies to create lasting change, and demonstrate how coaching can guide you to parent your complex kids one conversation at a time. For the essentials of Elaine and Diane's coach approach to parenting, download a free tip sheet at impactparents.com slash podcast. Welcome back to another episode of Parenting with Impact. It's just us today. It's just us. We've got some things we want to talk about. And this well, is and a I good was thinking about the that. fact, you know, it's like we don't usually say, hey, it's Elaine and Diane. Hopefully everybody has listened to the intro and know that we're Elaine and Diane. But um, yeah. Or they skip it and they'll figure it out. But what we're going to do in this podcast is occasionally we're just going to talk to each other about the issues that are coming up with parents in our community so that you can hear that you're not alone, so that you can hear what other parents are dealing with, so that you can find where you relate to it. And, you know, well, I'm sure we'll come up with some strategies or talk about what strategies we tend to use to deal with them. Well, and the other thing we were talking about earlier is that one of the questions I love to ask the folks on this podcast is what, do, what are parents missing? Yeah. And I think that that's because me as a, when I was a parent, it was like this sort of, I knew there was something I was missing a lot, probably a lot, a of, lot things of things. Me too. Right. <laughs> me and too. so it's like asking experts that question and, and kind of having that conversations ourselves as, as experts in what we think parents are missing is a key piece of helping you guys figure out this whole puzzle that you're struggling with in your lives and your families. Yeah. Cool. So, so today, yeah, today we want to talk about parenting young adults, emerging adults. Emerging adults is our emerging is the new adults term is the new terminology, choice. right? We were talking to someone this morning and you know, we've been we've been doing a, a couple of events around our fall launch and somebody says, you know, who what age parents is are your programs for? Your podcast, your your programs, you know, your website, that sort of thing. And and it used to be, it was two to 24 for years. No, no, no. Four to 24, seven, four, four to 24. 24. Right. And then this year it became three to 33 or right. more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. And I've got, I got a client that I talked to this week. Who's got a, a daughter who's living on her own, but having a hard time in her job. You know, I think part of what happened this last year, particularly we've had, they've been coming out of the woodwork that I think the, the pandemic. They meaning parents of 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 young adults adults and emerging adults. Right. So I think that part of what's going on is that the pandemic parents are, their relationship with their kids is shifting. A lot of them who are in college are, were at home doing college from home which they wouldn't. So they're seeing their kids more frequently, more often they're seeing their struggles in a different way. What, what else are you noticing? Well, sometimes we've got a lot of parents of kids in their twenties, mid twenties, late twenties, who are, who are maybe living independently, but not financially independent, or maybe not living independently. And it's always, it's always this dance of how do I step in without overstepping, without controlling, 
I was talking to my my daughter-in-law actually today about, you know, there's a difference between reminding and nagging. Yeah. Between, you know, nudging forward and nagging. And it has to do with a pause is what I said to her. I'm like, you know, there's a, because she, we were talking about asking my son for something. I'm like, I've reminded him. I'm giving him a pause. I'll check back in, you know, and it was a really conscious conversation about how do I dance in the conversations with young adults so that I stay collaborative with them and I don't end up becoming that parent that they go, never mind, I don't want to talk to you. Well, and what's coming up for me as you say this, and I know that you do this as a mom, and I know you we coach parents around this all the time. It's this sort of one of the key differences just in that example between nagging and reminding is permission, right? It's yes. sort of if you know, it's like, hey, do you mind if I, you know, if I'm check in with you on this just to make sure that it's been taken care of is a whole different sort of thing than if you're like stepping out of your your world and into their world uninvited, for lack of a right. better word. Yeah, it's like knocking at the door. So, yeah. so important when you knock on the door, you usually wait for someone to answer it. Yeah. And we have that tendency with our kids to knock on the door and open and barge in. And that includes is their thoughts and their ideas or when they're in the middle of something. Right? Well, and I know we'll talk about this in a whole other episode, but as parents, we know how to be in charge and direct our kids and tell them what to do. And and by the time they're emerging adults, either they've been off to college or they're working on their own, even if they're living at your house, they want to be and, and are autonomous beings. And well, that's the biggest topic. So, you know, in 20. 20- this year is 2021, right? That we're recording in 2021. (laughs) We started doing a lot more work with parents of young adults, emerging adults. We started with a four-week coaching group, and then we actually added a group to our group coaching program for parents of young adults, because there was such a huge need. And the biggest theme that's come up as I've been doing this all year, Diane, has been just that. It's like they is helping parents get their head around the fact that these are independent beings that are no longer necessarily want our opinion, right? Sometimes they do, and there's a way to cultivate so that they do. But very often, there's this, this disconnect that happens because they've been trying to push away and we've been holding too tight, where we have to respect who they are as an independent being in order to come back to relationship with them from a different angle. Well, and, and let's go back to the framework of, so what are parents missing, right? So what parents I'm hearing are missing is that you've got to give them space. You can't just continue to use the same parenting tools that you've always used up until now. It's what you said. It's parents don't realize they no longer have permission. Hmm. We had a certain license or permission or whatever it is when we were raising kids up until the age of 18 and they were living at our home or whatever. It was our job. (laughs) Well, well, but we saw it as parents, our job, it's our responsibility to, you know, instill our values, to educate them to whatever. And for young adults, it's actually no longer our job. We may still want the job, but we actually, our kids have to give us the permission to have a new job with them. Well, and I'm hearing like the voice in the back of my head's going, but they can't live on their own. They aren't independent. They aren't old enough. I mean, most of the parents who are listening to us have complex kids who are as much as three to five years. Well, and actually we're talking about young or, adults, right? So yeah. it's 30% behind their peers. So I've, you know, I've got a 36 year old who might be more 
in, you know, if you were 30% younger, it'd be more like a 26 year old, right? right? It's this sort of thing. It's so understanding that even though they are of age, their ability to be independent is very different. And that still doesn't give us as parents permission to just step in and continue to direct them because they really are adults. And if that's the catch is just yeah. because they are not yet developmentally where you think they should be or want them to be or could be or whatever. That doesn't mean it's their hours to direct or control. Right. It still means that we are still in this dance of helping them learn how to exercise control over their own lives. And our ability to influence that is directly related to the extent to which we are connected with them in relationship, in a healthy, trusting relationship. Well, and so and then you say that, right, Elaine, because what happens is the healthy, trusting relationship actually falls apart because what parents do, not, not in a bad way, in a well-meaning way, we want to yeah. help our kids, is we try the old tactics and the old tools. We tell we them push them away. We, yeah. And they're like, mom, stay out of my stuff. Dad, stay out of my stuff. I'm a, I'm a grown up. I can do this even though, you know, and, and even if they know that they can't do this, they don't want mom or dad doing it for them or doing it, you know, telling them what to do. Because they don't trust that mom or dad won't try to take over. Mm-hmm. won't try to direct it or control it. And they may know that they are not ready to do it independently, but they want they want to be able to try and they want help in doing it. They don't want to be dominated in doing it. Right. And so if we've got parents who don't know how to do anything other than be in charge or right. let their or let their kids be in charge, right? So parents know how to direct. Parents know how to that that magical day when our kids can throw do their hands their up own. in the air, right? Good luck. You got this. Yay. But it's it's that in-between stuff. That's where the magic happens. That's, I mean, when, when I think about the things we work on with our parents, whether it's parents of young adults or parents of, of younger kids, it's that sort of how do, how do I collaborate? How do I support? How do I get my kids to ask for help? How do I help my kids become independent? I mean, all are those things, but particularly with young adults. So, so here's a discount. We, we often laugh that, that there's a theme of the week. Mm-hmm. When we're in our coaching and our private coaching and group coaching themes come up and you just reminded me that this week's theme of the week, because I was doing a lot of work with, I had several groups this week with, with parents of teenagers or young adults was moving from collaboration to support. Mm-hmm. And that's really, so when we've got parents of young adults, often they are either still in the director mode. We call that phase one. And then we got to move them into collaboration and help them learn how to collaborate with their kid. Sometimes they're still in collaboration and their kid's really ready for more independence. And so this week's theme was a lot of moving from collaboration to support. And what we realized in collaboration, it's about sharing the agenda and asking a lot of questions. In support, what's, what I saw happening in many conversations this week was the kids kind of saying, I've got this. And the strategy that we were working on with the parents was how do you design the conversation there? And the tools were my favorite parenting question for moving into support role is how do you want me to handle it when? How do you want me to handle it when you ask me to wake you up in the morning to get to work on time and then you tell me no, come back? How do you want me to handle it when your meds need to be ordered and you know you, the doctor I noticed, is you and to I call notice that you forget? Or, yeah. Right. Or yeah. whatever it is. But when they say I've got it, instead of saying getting frustrated when they don't do it, 
design with them around how do you want me to handle it when? And it's this magical question that puts you in the support role. One of the parents I was talking to this week said, yeah, I feel like I'm the roadie. <laughs> and they're the talent. And that's it. That's where we want to be at that point. Right. Let them be in the lead. They're the talent. And our job is just just say, okay, anything I can do to help? How can I help? What do you well, want me so, to do when? Yeah. So here's what comes up for me, because and I'm going to take us a little bit of a different direction, but it's this, you were talking about agenda. And one of the things that happens so often when our kids hit 18 or older is we still have an agenda for them. We still, yes, we still have this they vision of what they anymore. should do. They should want to get good grades in college. They should want to get a job that's more than just, you know, bagging groceries. They should want to get a job. They should want to do something other than play video games 24 hours a day, right? It's just sort right. of, we have, we have a vision and an agenda for our kids. And if it's our agenda and not their agenda, we're not even supporting. We're either directing or at best, at best collaborating. collaborating. Right. Hi, it's Elaine. And if you like this podcast, you'll love our coach approach. Whether you're a parent looking for support or a professional supporting families, we invite you to download a free guide with 12 key coaching tools at impactparents.com slash gift. You can begin using a coach approach to help kids become more independent or improve all of your conversations at work and at home. That's impactparents.com slash gift. But, you know, this is a metaphor I've been using a lot this year. If you're holding the reins, they can't. If we're holding the reins of the horse and walking them around the ring, they're never going to be able to walk that horse around the ring themselves because we're holding the reins. So we have to be willing to loosen the reins. That's collaboration. And then start handing over the reins. That's when we move into the support role. And yeah, that means they may take aim on some things we may not think are as important, but we have or, to help them figure out what's in it for them. Right. right. Or it may not work. Right. So it's a sort of, and it's I think true. That that's part of it. It's like this sort of our willingness to let our kids stumble and struggle. I mean, and I think about this is this is we're recording this in, in back to college time. And, you know, I get so many parents whose kids get to their first semester of college and then just are not successful, particularly in this last year with the pandemic. And it's right. like this, it's an expensive experiment. Oh. Um, and so parents go, I need to guarantee that my kid won't, you know, won't right. fail Whatever. College, Fill in won't the blank. Right. college. And so, you know, it's how do you set up a, a, an affordable experiment? Because part of this is finding out what these kids can and can't do independently. Right. Well, and part of it is, is really following what is important to them and helping them pursue what is important to them. I had several conversations this week where the parents were saying, well, I really want this to happen. And, and as we got into the conversation, like one of them was like, I really want, I really want to pay attention to sleep and eating better. I'm like, okay, how much of a priority is that for your 17 year old? Well, it's not. Well, so what is important to your 17-year-old? And if we can begin to shift from our agenda to what's important to them, and if, if sleep and hygiene, sleep hygiene or exercise or food or whatever is important to them, maybe they are part of a sports team, or maybe they want to be able to wake up in the morning or whatever it is, if you can figure out what's in it for them. That's the other favorite question at this at this stage is what's in it for them? Because they're not going to be motivated to do it because it's good for them or will be good for them as an adult. That's right. not well, a good I, enough motivation for them. Well, and I don't I, I want to be careful because I don't want to tell on my kids, but I remember really distinctly when 
my kid who always had a hard time getting up and just part of his executive function challenges, when he got a job, it was like, okay, he's, I now I got to figure it out. Now I got to figure it out. And it was like this sort of the motivation change because for him, it's like, okay, this is, this is that moment where I've got to figure this out. And well, there was, there was one mom, exactly the same story this week, who was saying she could not believe it. Her son was getting up and going to work every day. He had gone and got a job because that was motivating to him and mm-hmm. he wanted to earn money. And so he was getting up and going to work every day. She's like, why can't he do that for school? Well, that's an interesting question. Why can't he do that for school? Yeah. Right. What's in it for him is a really important, or for her or for them, is a really important question to start asking when these kids are starting to become truly independent beings, because that's where their motivation lies. Well, and when you say that though, it's like, what's in it for him? Well, we know what's in it for them. I mean, it's like if they don't get up now and they don't get good grades in, in, in high school yeah, yeah, or yeah. college, That's they our won't agenda. be able to get into Harvard or they want to be able to do what they want to be able to do. And they want, it's like, so, you know, it's like, we're thinking about all these future things that we can connect as an adult, we can see the line, but the reality is they've got to not, they've got to see it. They can't, right. you know, and it never fails. I was talking to a, a mom of a middle schooler. Sorry, I'm dis- distracting us. But she was talking about how this girl like wanted to get into this college and she knew she was going to get into this college and it was her vision. But the mom was trying to use college as his motivation for this middle schooler. I'm like, That's pretty far away. Because she has a little bit of and well, magical thinking. That's the other thing we haven't talked about that yet. But a lot of times, even young adults have this, oh, I'll be fine. It'll be great. I'll be able to do what I want to be able to do which is, you know, a, a maturity thing and, a, and an executive function thing. And so as parents, we're battling that on top of everything else. Right. Okay. So we've talked about asking permission. Mm-hmm. We've talked about asking what's in it for them. We've talked about designing and letting them tell us what they need from us, asking them, how can we support you? What do you need from me? How do you want me to handle it when something else happens? Well, we talked about um, getting out of the role of director and trying to find a more uh, supporter role or champion role. Well, collaborator or supporter, like knowing where you are and what your kid's ready for you. And a lot of our kids, even as emerging adults, may still need collaboration. But then we really want to be moving into support. Any place that they can take the lead on something, we actually want to let them take the lead and move into a support role and not keep trying to make sure they do it the way we might do it. Well, the other thing that I, we haven't talked about yet is relationship. Okay. Because that's, that's where, where well, I was kind of going there. But well, start with that. No, the the thing I want to talk about with relationship, because it's come up a lot in my family, and I know it is in your family, it's a sort of, our kids become young adults. They can be the most delightful. I mean, my relationship with my kids as young adults is so different and so much fun and so inspiring compared to kind of some of the struggles we had when they were younger or just even, you know, kids go through phases, right? And so relationship is there's such a great opportunity to have a healthy relationship with these young adults because they are figuring themselves out and they do have this sort of conquer the world attitude. And a lot of times we get to this place where our relationship is a little bit broken because of the dynamic of us nagging or telling them what to do or pushing too hard or or controlling. Yep. No question. It's chicken and the egg, right? It's sort of, you've got to have a strong relationship in order to help support or collaborate. And, and if they, but so here's the thing, right. And this is, I would say most of the work that I've been doing with parents of young adults this year has been about communication. Mm -hmm. 
And I, I was saying this to you the other day is, yes, we talk about leaning into relationship and it's so true. And how do you do that? You do that by paying attention to the way you communicate, mm -hmm. by shifting the way you communicate, because that's what builds the trust. Yeah. And the trust leads, I mean, and you have this whole list and I mean, there's a whole bunch of stuff around what, what makes a relationship dynamic connected, but maybe you can find that list. But, but what I've found is that it, a lot of it comes down to communication. And so we've been doing lots, I've been teaching lots of communication skills, um, lots of strategies around it. And where we take aim in the young adult group, which is different from a lot of the others, is we're constantly taking aim on what's the conversation you want to have with your child about X or Y or Z. And really thinking through how do I want to have that conversation so that it's constructive and helpful and positive and trust building. And so Say that right. again, because I think that that's really important. You're, or I'll say, I'll you say what, what I said, because I don't know what I said. No, it's not just about the conversation you want to have with your kid, right? It's this sort of, you've got to take that extra step and say, okay, this is what I want to say to my kid. But now, and right now, and it's how like, do I do that? I've got to take a minute and say, how do I want to do that? You know, do I need, to, we talk about the conversation about the conversation about the conversation, right? About bread crumbing conversations. It's sort of, is this one big giant conversation or is this something I need to kind of introduce and get permission to talk about or talk about over time in several five minute increments or whatever? You really got to think strategically yep. about how to have conversations with these kids and not just plow in and start a conversation about what I, I, was, it is. I was talking to one, one couple this week and, and that's kind of what I was saying. It's like, this is a kid who will always run away when you say, we've got to talk about something. Right? I, I have had men in my life who did the same thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we call Diane mentioned it. We call it breadcrumb conversations when you drop little things. So maybe it's saying, so there was one fam, one couple I was talking to a woman whose kid was going off to college and the conversation was, yes, you need to have this conversation. You have 10 days in which this can happen. What are the pieces of it? The first part of the conversation was to say, hey, this is a conversation we need to have. I know you may not want to. I kind of don't want either, but we need to do it. When's a good time? Putting the control back in the kid's plate, yeah. giving them a sense of, of ownership of it. So, Because as soon as they say, okay, well, how about four o'clock on Sunday? They've actually taken some ownership. So anything we can do to give them a little bit more control and, and to give them a sense of stepping in and buying into the conversation before you even get to the conversation. Well, and what's coming up for me as you're saying that is two things. One is as parents, a lot of times we have this huge sense of urgency. It's like, yes. oh my gosh, either because, be either because it's like we're panicked and we're catastrophizing and we're worried that if we don't fix this now, that something terrible is going to happen or we're afraid we'll forget, or we're afraid, you know, it's this sort of thing, or we're afraid that if I ask my kid, if they want to have the conversation, they're going to say no. And then it's like, well, what am I going to do? And here's what I would tell you is that if you're afraid that your kid is going to say, no, you don't they say, probably do are. <laughs> they probably are. And instead of saying, do you want to have this conversation? You say, 
this conversation is important and we need to have it, which is more of a directive sort of thing. And I want to do it on your terms. When can we make this happen? Right. Or what do you need to think about before we do? Or because, you know, oftentimes we've been thinking about some, so this comes up in young adult parenting a lot too. We've been thinking about something for a long time. We haven't been saying anything for weeks or months. And then we spring it on our kids as if they've been thinking about it for months. It never crossed their mind. So all of a sudden we're coming to it. They feel like they have to have an answer or response right now. We've got all of these, you know, grandiose ideas in our head and they're pushing back and defending because they feel like they've been pushed against a wall. So we have to really take our time to have conversations and not feel like it's one conversation and there's only one shot and make sure they're not long, detailed, and, you know, avoid that tendency to say, we've got to talk. Um, And the other thing is to kind of throw out uh, philosophical questions to ponder. Like there was one couple this week that was like, this would be a good topic to bring up at the dinner table. Don't talk about her. Just talk about it. And I can't honestly can't even remember what it was, but it was something about I read this thing or I heard this thing that someone else is doing. What do you think about that? And sometimes it's just raising our kids' awareness to these topics before we even bring them to them. them. Exactly. Well, and we've got to watch our time, Elaine. So let's let's let people know because we've been dancing around and talking about our programs for young adults. If you are a parent of a young adult and you want some support, we would love to talk to you about Sanity School and our young adults group program. So please reach out at Impact. Now, let me clarify. It's not a young adult group program. No, it's a group yes. coaching program, program for, parents for parents of young, of young adults, adults. Yes. <laughs> and emerging adults. Let me be really, really clear. Yep. Um, but you know, if you've done Sanity School, then the group coaching, the, uh, the young adults group, uh, parents group in our group coaching program, which is PSS is a great fit. If you haven't done sanity school yet, that's always, always the place, place to, start. to start. And we have some other resources and things that we do as well. And we, we have a coach on our team who does a lot of work with parents of young adults as well. She's got a 28 year old young adult. So there's lots of ways to get support. And best bet is probably to sign up for a sanity, sanity school or a sanity session. What do you think, Doc? Well, no, if they want to talk more about whether or not getting support for themselves, yourself as a parent is a good fit, then you can always um, schedule a time at sanitysession.com uh, to talk That's, to one of us. Yeah. Okay. So how do we want to wrap today? Oh, I don't know. This Should is a we, new realm for us. Do you have a, a motto from this? That- we have a motto from this. So the quote that I love around young adults is ask, don't tell. Yeah. Right? It's that sort of shifting. It's a really simple language shift, particularly powerful when you're working with young adults to say, how do you want to, like you were saying, how do I, how should I handle it when, you know, or what do you think about, right? It's just sort of kind of being in a place where you're interested in their opinion rather than starting with sharing yours can be a really great. Right. So if you hear yourself saying, I was trying to tell her that I was trying to convince, right. Anything that lets you know, you're really trying to convince them of something, that's a good sign that you want to shift into to asking instead of telling. Because if the, after after they're you know let's say after eighteen, it's not our job to tell them anything without their permission or engagement or enrollment in some way. Yeah. Hard but true. Hard but true. <laughs> what's your what's your motto or, or theme here? What's in it for them? It is so essential that we go that we approach young adults with the lens of what. What does life look like from their lens, not from ours? 
You and I were interviewing in another podcast this week, and I thought the irony of it was so beautiful. Was was it Dr. Laura? I think we were talking to about. Um, you know, she was saying, "Yeah, the parents, you've just got to be the grown up." And the irony is, the one time that we have the hardest time being the grown up is when we're upset that our kids aren't acting grown up enough. Yes. <laughs> so let's look through their lens and ask what's in it for them. Great yeah. conversation today. Yeah, I enjoyed this. We should do this more. Thanks for tuning in and listening and being with us and doing what you're doing and and making the difference you're making in your lives and your world. It does make a difference. Take care, everyone. You've been listening to the Parenting with Impact podcast with Elaine and Diane. For more information on the Impact Parents community or to join Sanity School for Parents, please visit impactparents.com. If you like what you've heard, please share this podcast with friends who need similar guidance and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.